Hello again, and welcome to the Launchmat Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Radke. We talk a lot on the podcast about operations and technology and things of that nature. We we rarely get into kind of that big picture thinking, the, the strategy that drives success in any business. So in this episode, we're going to get back to basics a little bit, looking at that overall business prep, you know, the raw materials that guide basically any business. So with us today is Ann Kornack, our general manager of aftermarket parts at Alliance Laundry Systems. Welcome, Ann. Hi, Randy. Thanks so much for having me. This is yeah. one of my favorite topics. Awesome. And and you are uh, number two. This is your second time around on the podcast. So congratulations on, on the rare air of uh, uh, coming back a second time. I didn't scare you off too much then. <laughs> Definitely not. I love this. And I have two more topics for future podcasts. You're quite experienced. Obviously, you're, you're running a parts business. You're, you're, you definitely have a lot of success in the business realm. And it really doesn't matter if it's parts, a laundromat, if it's a tech startup. The basics are pretty much the same, are they not? You have to have a strategy. 100%. It's, it's really critical to, you know, sometimes we think, you know, if we build it, they will come. And that is not always the, the reality. And so what, what a strategy helps you define is where are you going, right? What is the direction? How, how are you going to get there? It's kind of like your roadmap. It also helps you prioritize your daily work, doing the right things at the right time relative to, to your plan and your strategy. And it, you know, it's about, here's what I am going to do. And here's what I'm not going to do because in business, you know, you have so much coming at you all the time that you can get really easily distracted. Creating focus, right? It's, it's driving you toward keeping you on, on that path and driving you toward that goal that, that ultimately you want to achieve. Yeah, Absolutely. So let's dig into it a little bit then in, in crafting a business strategy, what are the key features out of the gate? So there's, there's some very key elements, right? The world of strategy writing, right? And it also depends on what you're writing for. Like, are you writing for, you're obviously always writing for your own business and your own plan, but then there is, you know, writing the strategy for financing or writing the strategy for investors or investment reasons. So in that case, you would have an executive summary that kind of explains where have you been and then where are you going? And then you have a mission and vision statement. So this explains what do you want your business to look like in the future? And then you do some analysis around we kind of call it environmental analysis or SWOT analysis. And this is where you, you know, you determine what are the strengths that you think you have for this business? What are the weaknesses or challenges? What are the opportunities uh, that you have to build and grow your business? And then what are the threats? What are the like outside threats that could potentially impact your business in a negative way? And then from there, doing that research, then you put together your goals and priorities and strategies. So you have goals, you, you have metrics. Metrics are kind of the way that you track progress. And then you have your actions. And these are specifically to, you know, what progress do you want to make? And then what are the actions 
that get you to your end goal. And then depending again on how you're using it, you could have financial plans and operating plans and then staffing plans that are kind of come behind all of the the information. I'm thinking that that before I can really dig into a lot of that, I, I have to do some heavy lifting on my own, meaning I need to know something about the marketplace. I need to know something about uh, the business. I need to know, you know, what, what others are doing out there. So there, there has to be a research component to it. Am I right? Well, Randy, that facet of the process is critical. And a lot of times people skip this element or they shortchange it. And in my life, when I have written strategy, the bulk of my time is spent on research. And then even periodically throughout the writing process, I go back and do more research. So, you know, you want to understand the trends of the business that you're, that you're putting forth. What are the best practices related to that business? You know, what are the successful businesses doing? What, what makes one company successful? versus another company and then really defining that and then understanding how those best practices work within your initiatives or your business that that you're developing and writing and then what gaps do you have right so where are there gaps that you can either fill you know that you say hey uh, based on these trends nobody's doing this right it's kind of what i call the golden nuggets And then also reaching out to people. This is another part that people miss. And that is people think, oh, I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing or I don't want anyone to know my trade secrets, right? When you're doing your research, but it's really critical to reach out to others and interview them to find out what, and and it could be a related business or non-related business. But if you have people, peers that are really successful in business, interview them, ask them, hey, what are some of the challenges you face in business and how do you overcome them? Because they may not be one for one relatable, but they're at some level going to be relatable. You also may have stakeholders, people who um, you know, are going to work in your business or currently work in your business that own a piece. And I don't mean like financially own, but they're responsible for a piece of of the, you know, it could be shipping, it could be operations, it could be marketing. It's really critical to interview those people and get their sense and their perspective on the business and what challenges are they facing and what do they feel like the opportunities are to kind of carve out your space. And then based on all that data, that's where you find, again, like I call it the gold nuggets, right? Where, how do we, how are we going to add unique value to this business? And what is going to make us different from everyone else? Within this research stage, what are your thoughts on it? Just kind of bringing it back to the laundromat realm. Would I be talking to my customers? Yeah, definitely. Because your customers are the ones that are going to actually tell you how to be successful because they're going to tell you, here's what I want. Here's what I expect. 
and here's why I would come to you. So they're going to actually tell you what it is. And, and oftentimes they'll tell you why they come to you today that makes you special. Kind of wrapped around all of that, they're they're going to give you, they're going to give you some of the answers and what I would kind of call a rating on on how are you today, and then how you can either get better or hey make sure you continue to do these things because this is what makes you special. Vision is one of those things that I think a lot of organizations miss. Right, like we've probably uh, both of us have worked at places where vision or mission has been ambiguous and you existed day to day. How does that figure into this? How does this drive that business strategy? So these are really important elements, right? Because this is what kind of defines what do you want to be? What do you, what do you want to become? What do you want to look like, right? And then, you know, what, what are my, you know, so if I think about a business, my, you know, what are my hopes and dreams for this business, but also understanding like what problems am I trying to solve? And when you identify those problems, right. And and you identify that through, you know, your, your vision, it, it, again, it, it, this is what kind of anchors you to success because it helps you define here's what I am going to do and here's what I'm not going to be. I know that this is what I want to be and this is the problem I'm trying to solve for the customer. And then you kind of have a clearly defined path. So it becomes very foundational. And then, you know, what, what are you going to change? A lot of companies, I find it so interesting, think that they have them or they try, they make them, they write them, but they're so deep and so intense, they're almost impossible to be able to deliver on. I've, I've seen both sides. I've seen ones that are, are so deep and detailed that they're almost unusable. And then I've seen mm-hmm. other ones that are so ambiguous that you could pick it up and put it uh, it could be a tech company's mission statement, or it could be a, um, a, a, a retail thing. It could it could be plugged in anything, and there isn't anything that that makes it unique to that business. So it it seems to me that it's one of those things that can be messed up about a hundred different ways. How do you create something that's usable and continues to drive that strategy? Well, you need to keep it simple, right? And to your point, Randy, that that is so critical and not use kind of ambiguous words, right? Like sometimes we use words like delight. I'll use that as an example. I've seen it used a lot in vision and mission statements, like delight our customers. Well, what does delight mean? (laughs) You know, and and is delight mean the same thing to one customer as it means to another? Right. It's kind of an ambiguous term. For sure. So you want to use words that are a lot more concrete and specific. And so, and, and, and also another element that's really important, right, is knowing like who you want to serve, who is your core customer base, right? And that's kind of part of your mission is to define who is the core customer, because sometimes you can get lost in trying to be all things to all people. And that's impossible. But when you kind of narrow down who is your core, 
you're going after. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to alienate the rest, but you know so that your marketing messaging and your everyday interactions are targeting a, a specific customer and then the rest will come. But again, it gives you the kind of that laser focus. One of my examples that I, lo I love to use and, you know, for what it's worth, I know there's a lot of kind of back and forth about Tesla, right? But I love their mission statement because it's so specific, right? To accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. So what they're saying there is we want to be a change agent for mm -hmm. sustainability. It's right. very clear. That's their mission. And their vision is to create the most compelling car company of the 21st century by driving the world's transition to electric vehicle. Again, very specific. You could say that most compelling could be vague, but if you know Tesla at all, they do things that are extremely compelling, right? Like, they have where their cars do this, it, you know, they do this little song and dance and the, and the lights flicker and the windows go up and down. And I mean, it, it's, it's not necessarily um, driving performance, but, but they're doing things that are compelling. But again, they really, you know, in the electric vehicle world, right? So they're not saying we want to have a line that is, gas operated and electric where they're not saying we want to be a hybrid they're specifically saying we want to focus on electric vehicles and again you know those kind of statements it now when their staff or anyone comes and says hey but what if we started to branch out into hybrids or what you know should we be thinking about that the answer would be no, because that is not what we state in our vision and our mission statement. So right. it helps to be able to manage the kind of what I call the distraction. It, it's that level set, right? It's that it, that check that when you come to a decision point or something it, uh, might take you in a different direction, you go back to that mission, to, to that vision statement, and it's that level set. Now, it doesn't really fall into what we're, yeah. what we're trying to do here. Yeah, like if you, if you kind of like pick apart the Tesla, I mean, using the word, you know, accelerate in a mission statement, right? It really serves as that driving force behind what Tesla does, right? They, they're accelerating in a space where no one else has, I mean, people have gone there and, but they're the leader, right? And then I love the, while boldly stating, you know, best in the century, right? They're saying that they're kind of putting their self, it's creating kind of a, a loftier um, dream within the vision, right? They're saying like, we're going to be the best in the century. It's, fa it's fantastic. Like they, they just clearly define what is their vision for who they, what they want to look like and their mission of what they want to be. Yeah, really, really well done. It, it straddles that in that in between of actionable and something that can guide. But I think when it's done at a high level, it has that aspirational component to it as well. So looking at you have your mission, you have your vision to create that roadmap. But ultimately, your success is going to hinge on 
your knowledge, your knowledge of your market, your knowledge of, of your own business. Uh, you talked about the, your strengths and weaknesses. Where am I gathering all that information from? How am I getting it? Yeah, so that that's tricky. And again, I think this is one place where you are generally the expert uh, because you know and feel confident in the business you're, you're in or going into, right? Having said that, sometimes we make assumptions that aren't accurate. And that's where that research really comes in to validate your hypothesis about what you think that you know about relative to doing research, right? I mean, obviously we are so fortunate to have the web and there's so many places that you can look at. You can get data like research statistics that are out there. Sometimes you have to purchase them, uh, but sometimes just by Googling, you know, specific market trends, you will be shocked at the world of data. Also looking at other companies that are similar or other companies that you want to be like, you'll be surprised if you go and just say, you know, I want to be like Tesla and you just type in, you know, Tesla mission statement, or um, I want to be like Target. I don't know. I'm making this up. Right. But mm -hmm. and go in and just read about what they do and how they approach. There's so much documentation out there. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be one for one, be like them, but you're definitely going to extract concepts and ideas that you may want to bring into your, your business plan or your strategy. But it's good to understand how did they approach, right? How, how do these different companies approach their strategy and their business model? Because that's essentially what you're building. So really the web is, is your friend. I mean, there's just, again, so much data out there. And then the other thing that we talked about and touched on, Randy, is really reaching out to other business owners, other people in similar businesses or businesses that are different but have similarities. Uh, that is really, really critical. The other piece that I think in that kind of fact-finding phase or that research phase is somebody that you really respect, that you feel like knows you, that you could trust, to that that could poke holes in, in your concepts and your hypothesis. Somebody that's going to give you that that gut check and, and not blow sunshine yeah. at you and say, this doesn't work on yeah, any exactly. level. <laughs> And so you're, you're doing that research, you're, is this where you're bringing in that SWOT analysis and, and taking a hard look at, at your own organization? Yes, de definitely. The SWOT analysis is great, especially if you already have a company that's kind of up and running, because you know, you're really then looking at your strengths and weaknesses. And if you have a company that's already up and running, I just want to add this and you're saying, Hey, it kind of sounds something like, wow, I feel like we're trying to do too many things. I feel like we're getting into gray area. I don't feel like we're really hitting the market. That's a time to like stop the train and write the strategy. 
you know, you can write a strategy even after a business is up and going. But that SWOT analysis, not only does it make you think about what you do well, and just for the record, when you do a SWOT analysis, something that could be a strength can also be uh, a threat, or it could also be a weakness, right? You can have, and threats can also be opportunities. So don't think when creating a SWOT that you can't have both you know, that they can't fall in different buckets. Right. Makes sense. And then looking at what are potential headwinds um, that you could face, right? Relative to economics, social, technology factors, right? That, that could look something like in order to start this business, I have to invest in technology. Right. So what what does that look like and what do I have to do to in order to be successful in this space? And that's where you kind of learn where some of your barriers or some of your challenges might be, which is fine because it, it just again, it's helping you answer some of the questions around, OK, I have to be in tech. I have to have technology. Right. I have to have, let's say, a point of sale system. Well, what? type of point of sale system do I need to have and what other forms of technology? And then how does that fit within my plan and how does it support my vision and my mission, which I know sounds crazy, but it is really important. 